what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We hope you enjoyed our last episode all about sleepers and deeper sleepers. <laughs> this episode, we are calling our Flops and Props episode. And no, I'm not talking about cheesy NBA defensive moves or carrot top-like <laughs> comedians. I, I'm talking about bad investments in early to mid-round draft picks. And what I mean is busts. We're calling them flops today, but everybody calls them busts. And here at Fantasy Fuel, we define a bust as a high to mid-round draft pick that does not come close to meeting our expectations. I think that about sums it up. Is that true? Yeah, that's pretty much a, a perfect explanation of that. Excellent, excellent. Well, before we get to our flops and our props, we have just a couple of little news items. Uh, one is a real football news item, and it comes from Buffalo. And apparently <laughs> this offseason, the best quarterback in camp is Nathan Peterman. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. That's uh, <laughs> oh goodness, the Bills are in trouble if that's going to be the case because that is not going to be good. It's not, but that just means that I'm going to be able to trade Nathan Peterman to you in the flag <laughs> league. So I'm not going for that. It's oh, not going to happen. Need a backup. You have to get him. I mean, uh, I'll 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 just go ahead and not even have a quarterback for my bye week if that's the case. <sighs> All right, I suppose. <laughs> I won't push it too much further, <laughs> but I, it, that was the strangest news item I'd heard besides Andrew Luck throwing footballs again. Obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, seven interception Nathan Peterman is looking like the number <laughs> one quarterback in Buffalo. <sighs> what has happened in the world? At this point, you might as well just throw Josh Allen out there and say whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might as well because it's really I'll, – I'll talk a little about that. Really, if you're going to put Nathan Peterman out there, he – did not just show you nothing last year. He showed you something, and what he showed you was absolutely horrific. Like it was terrible. It was, it was the worst display I have seen personally when since I've been watching football. I don't think I've seen a quarterback be that bad. And, and so, yeah, just put Josh Allen out there. There's no point in not doing it. Who cares if he looks better right now? I, I would just. That's that's crazy. It's crazy it, to me. Is very crazy. I mean, we've seen great quarterbacks throw four and five interceptions in a game, but right. at least they had some success up to that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, that's enough about Nathan Peterman. We're going to talk about <laughs> 2019 Madden. Oh. If you are a video gamer and are mm-hmm. a football fan, you no doubt have played Madden for years and years and years. Yeah. Well, the new ratings are out for the teams, and my Eagles mm-hmm. top the list at number one with a 90 overall rating. That's pretty yeah, darn good. Yeah, it's not good. a surprise. No, not too surprising. Uh, surprising to me, and 
most definitely to Tom, is the number 32 overall team in Madden this year are the Jets at a 72 overall. (laughs) And, you know, it's really not that surprising just based off of what everybody says, the media and, and just people around in general. Because, you know, people are always down on the Jets. They were down on the Jets last year. They thought they'd be the worst team in the league. They thought they wouldn't win a single game. And, yeah, we won five, which – and we had – we were in more than just that. Not saying we were a great team. We weren't that great. But we're always better than what people say we are. So I'm not worried about what Madden says. Although I do want to talk to him again, get him back on this show, and I want him to explain them ratings to me because I'm upset with him. Uh, well, don't piss him off too much because I'd like the Eagles to stay right where they are. <laughs> all right. That's that's all the news we got for today. We're pretty slow news day, but I think that was fun to talk about. Yeah. So now we're going to get into our flops and props. And I didn't explain what our props were. If you haven't figured it out, we're going to give props to some mid-late round people that you can pick uh, that we think are going to do really well this year and outperform their ADP. Oh, Without further ado, we are going to start off with the NFC East, and I would like to hear your bust pick first. See, this kind of goes, it's a really weird one here because this kind of goes against what we t- said was a flap, Ezekiel Elliott. Now let me explain. I know it seems like a stretch to say that he's going to be a bust or a flop because it kind of is, but I'd still draft him early. I'd still draft him up there. However, I think there's a realistic possibility that he could end up on the outside of the top 10 at the running backs and wide receivers if you combine them by the end of the year. I can see a realistic chance that Bell, uh, Gurley, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Hopkins, Hunt, Fournette, uh, OBJ, maybe Michael Thomas, and maybe Keenan Allen. I could see all of them having more points than Elliott by the end of the year. I'd still take him with the fifth pick if I had the fifth pick. But I'd probably trade back a few spots if I could. If that's a possibility for somebody to just trade trade back and uh, get somebody else and get another good pick later in the draft. And that way you're not losing too much and you still get something a little better if somebody wants to trade up for your for your pick there and I'm hesitant to say that he'll be a bust or flop because he's still going to get plenty of points I mean let's face it he's that's basically the Cowboys offense right there and if they don't have him they don't have a whole lot but I'm just not sure he's worth where a lot of guys are drafting him at the number two overall pick, and I just can't, I don't see that. So that's why I kind of put him on the flops side. I don't particularly agree with it, but I put it there. All right, well, I should have prefaced this entire episode, too, by saying Tom and I did not discuss our flops <laughs> no, we didn't. and our props before we started recording. So sometimes we might have the same exact flop mm-hmm. or same exact prop. And apparently we are starting off the show in agreement. Oh, wow. I, did not, I also have Ezekiel Elliott I did as not flop. expect that. I did not expect you to pick Ezekiel Elliott. I'm, I am surprised, almost shocked. That's, that's crazy. Uh, well, <laughs> I had a hard time coming up with somebody else in that division yeah 
that could underperform as much as he possibly could. And my explanation for this is a list of names. Mm -hmm. And this list of names is Terrence Williams, (laughs) Cole Beasley, (laughs) Alan Hearns, Uh, Deontay Thompson, mm -hmm. Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, uh, there's some guy named Marchie Murdoch on the roster right now. Tavon Austin. I, uh, and yeah. who's their tight end? Um, so, as much as Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott is a workhorse, uh, that team, I don't see them putting up a lot of points. So, if they're not putting up a lot of points early, he's not going to get those carries late. And they're all going to be mm-hmm. garbage production for whoever the four wide receivers are on the field i i don't know what else to say i just don't see zeke being worth the adp i was looking at has him at 103 yeah i i can't take him there nope i mean if he fell to me at like five and six i would have a hard time not taking him agreed i i agree but i don't want to so. Exactly, and that's that's why I put him on there. It's like every time it would come to me, if I have the fifth or sixth pick, I gotta go with Zeke here. Like I, you'd feel wrong if you didn't, but you just don't. You just don't like it there. I think what I would have to do is I would draft him and then immediately try to trade yeah. him. Yeah, because there's enough value there. If if your league doesn't allow trading of draft picks or it's a startup and nobody yeah. does that kind of thing, you still take him because yeah. he has enough value. So that's where I'm at with Zeke. I can't believe we both started off with him being a bust. This is it's going to be interesting to see uh, the reaction on Twitter and everywhere when we put that yeah. up. But uh, move along. We're going to give props to somebody in the NFC East. Who do you have? I have got Sterling Shepard. When you are the second receiver behind a superstar like Odell Beckham Jr. People tend to forget about you. And that's exactly what has happened with Sterling Shepard. Eli can't throw to OBJ every single time. He can try. <laughs> he might, too. We'll see. But Shepard has been good since he came out of the league. He's averaged 13.7 points per game last year. Of course, that was pretty much because he was the only option for them last year. And, but he averaged about 12.5 points per game in his rookie year, being the third receiver on that team. Now he is the number two wide receiver, and he's only going to get more. He's going to get plenty of catches. It's not going to go down. So I say he's a great steal, and that makes him a prop in the draft. I I, I don't have any problems at all taking him late because he's really dropping far, far, far in the draft, and I would say go for it. No, I have no problem with him. Uh, I don't think he could be a flop. So right. he's either going to be worth his ADP or he's going to exceed it. So yeah, where he's going, I'm I'm more than fine with that. Uh, my props that I'm going to give in the NFC East is going to be another one you probably did not see coming. Okay. And that is only because of where you can draft his player and his backup. Now, I don't normally recommend in a normal 12-team league to draft multiple tight ends, but when you can get Jordan Reed in the eighth round, (laughs) the end of the eighth round, it's almost worth a shot still. 
And his backup, you know who he used to play with, right? Alex Smith. Mm. Mm-hmm. Vernon Davis and Alex Smith have played together and have done very well together. So I'm going to give props to the value of Jordan Reed and the teammate abilities of Alex Smith and Vernon Davis. I think if you can get yeah. both of those guys, you have a more than viable tight end one. And you don't have to take a top-tier tight end like Kelsey and Ertz and Gronk and those yeah. guys. So, yeah, my, again, my props are going to be to the Washington tight ends and <laughs> you basically have to get both of them because you know Jordan Reed's going to get hurt at some point <laughs> and Vernon Davis is going to come in and it's going to be like old days or at least I hope so because he is my backup tight end in a 16 team league so when Ertz is on by or gets hurt uh all I've got left is Vernon Davis right now so come on Jordan <laughs> Reed start hot and get hurt uh yeah I I definitely think that Jordan Reed's one of them guys I don't want to really touch, but if you take both of them, yeah, I, I really do. I do like that a lot. So I completely agree with you taking both. Okay, we'll move along to the NFC West, and I will start okay. with my flop in the NFC West, and it kind of was mentioned last week a little bit, but I'll throw it out there again. I think at his current ADP, which I'm seeing as the 10th pick mm. in the third round, Mm-hmm. Rashad Penny. Now, normally I don't like to talk about rookies, bad or good, but I cannot even fathom taking him in the third round. Plus, with what I said last week about Chris Carson, he actually scares me to death mm. about being a third round pick. And even if Chris Carson isn't the guy, last year Russell Wilson threw an NFL record 19 touchdown passes wow. in the fourth quarter. So if that is going to be anywhere close to the same, that means mm-hmm. their running game mm-hmm. is not working or their defense isn't working, so they're behind. I cannot spend a third-round pick. Yeah, I, and I've said it a hundred million times on this podcast. Somebody who you don't know enough about is somebody you need to be cautious on. I think he has a very, very good shot at becoming something special for that team. But we've also discussed it, at least I don't know if it was our first episode or not, but we discussed that that offensive line is not very good. So that's Yes, that was definitely the first episode. I completely agree with you on this, and every time it's a rookie mentioned as a bust or, or something like that, I, I, I can't disagree with it. So, yeah, I'm good with it. Well, and it's not that. He's just that he's a rookie oh, yeah. because there are plenty of rookies that I will take, but I'm not taking him in the third round. There's mm-hmm. so many more more proven guys that I would like to, you know, our model of consistency. That's what I'm going for. I'm not going for the unknown. Yeah, with my and, third and, pick. and my so, my uh, pick there is Jarek McKinnon, and I've I've already our listeners probably already know. I had a feeling. <laughs> Yeah, our, our, our listeners are probably already know that I would have taken this guy as one of my busts or one of my flops, but there's a lot of love on McKinnon right now, and there's actually quite a bit of hate as well. I've seen plenty of people, you know, in polls and whatnot, say that they don't like McKinnon, but there's a lot of people that say they love him because the hate does not outweigh the love right now at this point. There is always somebody drafting McKinnon in the middle to the end of the second round. 
And I feel that like that is around too early for him. I don't hate him. Okay, I I think he will be productive, but I think drafting him in the second round will leave you disappointed when you could grab somebody else that's there instead. Uh, the 49ers offense may not be very good. We'll we'll find out if Jimmy Garoppolo if he if he can't get the passing attack going in San Francisco, I really don't like McKinnon this year. I I'd say for me he is a flop in my book. I want to be wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see him have success. I do like McKinnon, and I just don't think he is going to be as good as what people are saying in their in their drafts. And before we get to our props, I wanted mm-hmm. to throw one more out there. That I ended up on Penny because I couldn't pick one of the three guys on another team. And it kind of made me think. And those three guys I was talking about are all three wide receivers <laughs> from the Rams. Cooks, Cup, okay. and Robert Woods. And I just I settled on the idea that maybe Goff would be a little mm-hmm. bit of a flop because I don't think he can produce enough to keep all three of those guys fantasy relevant. But yeah. I don't know which one is going to have the drop-off. Is it going to be the new guy with Brandon Cooks, or is it going to be Cooper mm. Cup? I don't think I, so. Either. I don't know. Yeah, I I would say it's uh, that Cooks and Cup are going to be fine. So I, I, I would have to say that it's uh, Robert Woods. Yeah, I would have to say it's Robert Woods because, I mean, he had plenty of good production last year, but I, I really like Cup this year. I've he's got that electric type of ability as well, and I do like that in a player. And I think Cooks is good enough, but we'll see because if one of them's gonna, I probably drop off. I completely agree with you that it can't. All three of them can't continue being a success. So I I would almost even be willing to say that the quarterback could be a bust or a flop as well because that whole offense could be in shambles if it can't get going with the passing offense because we already know. We've seen it a couple years ago that if the offense is not passing well, Todd Gurley can't do well either. No, definitely not. And just for a bit of perspective, Jared Goff is going at the end of the yeah. ninth round, beginning mm-hmm. of the 10th round, right behind Matt Stafford and mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, but ahead of Rivers, Andrew Luck for now, <laughs> Roethlisberger, Mahomes, Winston, Carr, and Mariota. Yeah, I, I, I would have to say that's, that's a flop right there because – I I like all them guys except for Mary Order maybe uh, more than that. So I yeah I that's a good one. Okay, now for our props in the NFC West, and I'll start this one, and I'm gonna stay in Seattle. Okay. Uh, this guy can be gotten for almost nothing mm-hmm. right now, and like I said, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson threw those record 19 touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he does not have Jimmy Graham right. anymore. Who does he have that is a taller red zone target? Brandon Marshall. Mm -hmm. I know he's a sore subject with some people, and he had a very off last couple of years, but who else do they have to throw to? I I don't know what else to say about that particular pick that you can get him so late in the draft. He wasn't even on the ADP list that I looked at at the moment. So if you can get him with one of your last picks and he sneaks that far... There's nothing but upside for that. Well, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start with mine because 
I absolutely disagree with you on this one. And this this comes oh, as a wow. shocker because we don't disagree very often, but my pick is also on the Seattle Seahawks, and that would be Tyler Lockett. And I'm going to tell everybody, do yourself a, fl- a favor, and this time don't believe what J.J. is putting out there because oh, <laughs> I boy. don't like Brandon Marshall. Uh, if, you take, if you take Brandon Marshall, I think he's going to be a disappointment. Like, I... <laughs> He, okay, he's going very, very late, and I completely understand why you're saying that you lift him up, give him some props, but I think Tyler Lockett is going to be the better guy. He is the number two receiver on that Seahawks team. It's not Brandon Marshall, and he's going to get plenty of looks. Not just that, but he'll be returning kicks and punts. So if you are in one of them return leagues, he's very, very, very valuable. If you're in a return league here what you must do. You must get Lockett late because he is going late, just like Marshall. And I, I, I see your argument with Marshall. But here, it only, he only placed in the top 10 last year in receivers. So, and he's going late, guys. And he, he scored over 15 points per game last year. Come on now. He's a steal if I've ever seen one. Well, I, I can't argue with you too much with those stats. The only <laughs> argument I have is the red zone ability. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. We all know it. that Seattle doesn't run when they're down by the goal line. So, Yeah, I, I agree with you that Marshall is definitely a better red zone threat than Tyler Lockett. It, I love that we disagreed because people don't actually listen to us disagree enough because we are usually spot on. We get, We have our own little ESP going with each other. So I, I I like it. I like that we disagreed, and I don't completely disagree with you because you do make some good points on Marshall. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to ask everybody out there in podcast listening land to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel, uh, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, or you can email us with any questions or roster advice, drafting advice, and you can do that at Fantasy Fuel Podcast at gmail.com one other place you could also give us a review is a newish site uh, it's called pod chaser and you can see you can listen to us and you can review all of our episodes at podchaser.com slash fantasy fuel and of course for anybody out there on apple listening to their apple podcast Please give us a little tiny review. We would <laughs> oh so appreciate it. Uh, moving on, we are going to the NFC South, and I'm going to ask you to go first this time. Well, on the NFC South side was actually, I believe, was my ESP, so I thought we were going to save that. Ah, that is very true. I apologize for that. So I will do my NFC South, and it's not a surprise. Again, it was another division I had a hard time picking somebody that I thought would be a true flop. Yep. And we've said it before, I've just got a little bit more to say because there was an interesting article out there and Julio Jones is going to be my flop. Okay. At the 202 is what he's been going at, although I've seen him in the first round, I've seen him a little yep. later in the second round and yep. I have a hard time passing him up. But I just don't think his fantasy production is going to equal that this year. Now, what I'm going to talk about is going to seem odd and maybe not that fantasy relevant. But it's going to raise some questions in that organization and questions about Julio Jones. Because 
He's already skipped the off-season program. He's spent time with a wide receiver famous for letting his contracts get in the way of his relationships with his teams, Mm -hmm. and the Falcons are not thrilled about that. And that guy is Terrell Owens. (laughs) I love T.O., but as an Eagles fan, it's a sore spot and a, yeah. But he's been working out with T.O., and longtime Falcons reporter D. Orlando Ledbetter said on ESPN Radio in Charlotte that the Falcons don't feel good about the Jones-Owens relationship. (laughs) So while that may not spell out exactly what I'm talking about in fantasy speak, it can't be good for the relationship between Julio and the Falcons to get back into camp and do what he needs to do because they were on the verge of something good last year. They they were very close. If they would have beat the yep. Eagles, they could have had a good shot at going back mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl to try and get revenge on the Patriots, but that didn't happen, and now it seems there's a little bit of a riff. Yeah, the only thing good about him being with T.O. is that T.O. was actually a decent receiver. He just has a lot of off the field, on the field even. Sometimes when you're dancing on the on the star, you know, that's not real good publicity. It kind of gives you a bad locker room. Uh, I don't know what the word is there. Vibe. It, yes, yeah, a bad locker room vibe. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's we've already discussed Julio enough to where I think our listeners get the point, but he's, he's going in the first round. If he's going in the first round, that's a mistake, guys. I, I really do believe that, and I gr- a completely 100% agree with J.J. on this one. There is no question. I wouldn't take him unless he is in the middle of the second round. That's when I'll consider taking him. And I'm not even sure if I'm taking him there this year. I am yeah, and I, so low I get on it. him. Yeah, I completely get it. Uh, okay. I, I've talked enough about Julio for <laughs> almost a lifetime, it seems. So why don't No you... more Julio until the season begins, and he starts to prove you wrong, yeah. prove us wrong. <laughs> until there's videos out there of him and T.O. like yes. doing 40-yard dashes <laughs> against each other, which apparently T.O. did a 40-yard dash, and Julio timed him today, and apparently it was a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. And of course, sakes. that was a manual time. It could have been yeah. closer to a 4-6, which is still pretty darn good <laughs> for a 41-year-old receiver. All right, T.O., time to come out of retirement. You'll be the first Hall of Famer to be on the field. I would playing. not be shocked. Yeah, with T.O., I wouldn't be shocked with any of that. That Absolutely. It would be awesome to watch. It would be it just, I would watch every single game. Whatever team when he was on, I'd be like, I'm watching this. i got to see T.O. Oh, most definitely. All right, give me your prop for somebody in the NFC South. This one is – I'm just going to start I'm just gonna start with it. It's Mark Ingram, okay? He was the sixth highest scoring back in the leagues last year, in most, in most leagues, in the most PPR leagues, okay? So, yeah, that suspension looks scary for four weeks, but if you already have – one or two running backs you can count on. Taking Ingram in the fifth round is a big-time, big-time steal. I've seen him go in the fourth round as well. So other people think this way too. But get through the f- four weeks, and you'll have a v- you could have a very, very, very big stud. This guy did not disappoint last year. So I'm thinking that after the first four weeks, you can have not you could have almost if you took 
two running backs that you really, really liked already, and then you have Mark Ingram, you could have three really, really, really good running backs. So let's let's think big picture here. Let's not just let him fall so far to where somebody's getting a ridiculous steal. I would say you got to take him in the fourth round. That's me. If he falls to the fifth, you better take him. Take him because I, I it's going to be completely worth it. Trust me on this one, guys. Mark Ingram is a steal, and that makes him a prop. So I definitely would like to have my share of Mark Ingram, especially if I can get him late. Now I'm thinking because yes. we've got an auction draft coming up, and those are some yep. of those guys that I love to hit in the auction draft. Oh, yeah. Put them up a little early. Now if somebody overpays, great. Somebody else is out some money. Yeah. But if you can yep. get – a number two running back like that early for cheap, and then you've got more mm-hmm. money to spend on the superstars that come up, it, it could be a recipe for a very, very good season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, he's going to be great this year. And I'm going to stay on that same team. Okay. We've talked about him before, and I, I can't get off of him because I think it's going to be well worth it at the – End of the 11th round, uh, wow, Cameron okay. Meredith. Yeah. He has what it takes. Uh, again, we haven't seen a lot, but he has what it takes for Drew Brees to put his trust in him. And, and if that happens, this guy is going to be in your starting lineup every week. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be an 11th round draft pick. So if you take a chance on... Uh, one of those rookie wide receivers a little earlier than that, and he doesn't pan out, get this guy in the 11th, almost yep. the 12th round. And yeah. even if he doesn't, if we're completely wrong on Cameron Meredith, it's an 11th round yeah. pick. You didn't miss much. You're you going to be lose. dropping these guys yeah. on and off all year. Yep, I completely agree with you. We already, we've discussed this off, off the air and on the air, for that matter. Meredith is somebody that, I mean, it's Drew Brees. Let's, let's be honest, Drew Brees is going to get this guy the ball. I completely believe in Meredith this year. And I had a hard time again with this one for a prop. I kind of wanted to go with C.J. Anderson because he's going at the end of the eighth round, almost the ninth round right now. And at that point, you know, if he's your flex or a second running back, it's not a bad place to get him if he's getting the workload. Now, after I did a little bit of more research, uh, this is what I found. And it actually makes me believe I didn't choose him. Uh, Not choosing him was the better choice uh, because of (laughs) Scott Turner, the Panthers' new quarterback's coach. Mm -hmm. He said part of the team's plan is to get Newton to make quicker decisions with the ball this year and not hold out for the big play. He said, with him on every play, we want to make sure he has a plan and he's following that plan. Mm. And to know checking down is okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of Cam's issues have come because he's so talented that he thinks he can make every play work. And sometimes it's just not there. So you check down and go to the next play. By holding the ball, sometimes he takes hits or falls into negative plays. So... All those Christian McCaffrey haters out there, which (laughs) I just listened to a podcast. I will not mention any names, but they were so low on Christian McCaffrey that after I read that, I was like, oh, man, I just it it made me want to draft him 
even a little bit more if they're if they're yeah. getting that into Cam's head that you need to get rid of the ball. It, it's going to be more for McCaffrey, isn't it? Yeah, it would have to be. And I've said so much. I feel like I've said this so many times. <laughs> McCaffrey is going to be amazing, amazing. I I really think this. He could be top five, and he could even he could even rise up more than that. So yeah. That even that even puts my ESP from the very what the second episode that makes it even better. Like I really 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 believe in this guy, and I'm I'm taking him every single time in the second round. There's no question if he's there, I'm taking him. He is the first guy in the second round that I'm taking every single time. Okay, well that does it for the NFC South. Uh, my ESP is from the NFC North, so I'm going to let you make the flop. Alrighty, so the NFC North flop. Jordan Howard. I know it's not that popular of a thing to say either, but I think Cohen is going to take more snaps away from Howard than what everybody thinks. Uh, the coach loves Cohen. We already discussed that too, and, and he wants him on the field a ton. I could end up seeing Cohen being that type of player that gives the Bears that sparky, electric-type of performance and the bears may need to lean on something like that in that that type of performance i'm not saying howard is a horrible guy to have but i find myself passing on him in mock drafts every single time because i like other guys more in the second or third round i'd rather take a chance on cohen late in the in the draft than howard so early so won't be a complete bust but i can see a decline in fantasy points from last year because of cohen that's it's very possible. I I'm not sure I can agree with you on that one. You know I like Cohen, yeah. but I do think the Bears are probably going to be decent on defense enough that the Bears will be able to run the ball a lot. So I think he will have pure volume anyway mm-hmm. that even if Tariq Cohen is taking touches away, he'll still have enough volume to be worth a late second round pick. I don't know how often I would want to take him, but yeah. And I, I think the thing is what I'm saying is every time if you have a late second round pick, every time it comes to me and Jordan Howard's still available, I'm like, nah, I'll, I'll take somebody else. Like it's just every single time it seems like Jordan Howard, like I think he's going to be good. I, I said that I think he's going to be good, but I just don't think he's going to be good enough for me to take him in the second round and even in the third round, maybe late in the third round I'd do it, but I just don't like it in the second and early third round. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Why don't you give props to somebody in the NFC North? My NFC North prop. Should I take a guess? (laughs) You already said it. That's who I was going to guess. Yeah, Ty Montgomery. All right. He's usually <laughs> like the last drafted running back of the trios, trios of running backs for the Packers. Which People let me stop see- you for one second. Mm-hmm. I have seen on more occasions than not. I swear, all three of those Packers running backs go in the same round. Like yeah. one person will draft Aaron Jones, <laughs> then the next person is drafting Jamal Williams, and then two picks later, somebody's like, "Well, there's one left. I guess I'll take him." Ty Montgomery. I've seen it twice doing the mock drafts where it's Jones Williams, and then immediately others back back to back to back picks. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like That's oh my gosh, yeah, it's crazy. But listen, he's usually the last one picked out of all three of them. People seem to think 
that he's basically lost his job at the running back spot. I think he's a steal because I think he's the main back in Green Bay. I really do. I know that's unpopular to say, but he's shown in the past that he's worth taking him late. In 2016, he averaged six yards per carry. That is pretty good. It's kind of unbelievable, to be honest. And I think he gets back to that this year. Well, I can't argue with you. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I thought about doing it myself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, he's going in the ninth round, and yep. he was, what, a third-round pick just a couple of years ago? Yeah. And when he's on the field and healthy, he is worth a third-round pick. Absolutely. So what I have to say about Ty Montgomery is draft him in the ninth round, mm-hmm. watch him flourish in yep. a PPR setting more than mm-hmm. likely, and trade him because yeah, I don't I, I have that. faith that he's going to last an entire year health-wise, and they do have other running backs that they can count on. So, yes, draft him, reap some of the rewards early in the season, and then make somebody else worry about him. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Completely fine with that. I just, I just want people to know that he is not, he is not somebody who should be considered the third guy on that Packers team. Oh, definitely not. Uh, I am going to give my props to Kyle Rudolph. I know it seems like his value is probably right where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. He's drafted right at the beginning of the seventh round, and he hasn't had a lot of difference in his points from year to year but if Kirk Cousins relies on him like he did Jordan Reed in 2015 and 2016 wow you're getting a steal in the seventh round at tight end I'm going to give you Jordan Reed stats from those two years (laughs) in 2016 he had 66 catches for 686 yards and six touchdowns Mm -hmm. that's good it's not amazing, but that's pretty good for a seventh-round tight end. So if Kyle Rudolph can get 66 catches for almost 700 yards and six touchdowns in the seventh round, great. Now if he can replicate what Jordan Reed did in 2015, which was 87 catches, 952 <laughs> yards, and 11 touchdowns, wow, that would be an amazing steal in the seventh round. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can get a flop out of Kyle Rudolph if you take him in the sixth round it's probably still not that much different he just Mm -hmm. he's so consistent and you don't have to spend that third round pick like you would Ertz and Kelsey and Gronk so if you're gonna wait and you want that next tier of tight ends I think there's a real possibility that Kirk Cousins utilizes him more than Case Keenum and Sam Bradford did Yeah, and I think Kirk Cousins kind of likes his tight ends. I mean, we kind of saw that when (laughs) Jordan Reed was healthy. But, uh, yeah, Kyle Rudolph is one of them guys. I've never been super high on him, and that might be because of who he had at quarterback. Now he's got a quarterback that I believe is pretty good. So I I do like him. I do. I think that was a great pick. I thought of him as well to do that, uh, to do do him with the props. But I just I had somebody else in mind. So I yeah, I completely agree with you on this. I think that we are on the same page for the most part yeah. for this whole episode. So yeah. Yes, we've been on the same page for the most part. Um coincidentally and surprisingly in some cases, but uh <laughs> yeah. 
I think that uh, makes for uh, an interesting episode when neither yeah. one of us know who the other is going to talk about. Yeah, it definitely is interesting. I'm glad to hear some of these guys that you were thinking of. A couple I've never heard of. Not one, well, not never heard of. <laughs> a couple of them I have didn't think about. And, and a couple of them I was just like, yep, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, I, I completely, I love this. I, I kind of think we should start not knowing each other's lineup and, and other scenarios as well for other podcasts because <laughs> it makes it for interesting uh, stuff. And I still can't believe that we picked Ezekiel Elliott together. I, That's, the, I, I shouldn't have started off with the NFC East. But, yeah, we started <laughs> off with the bombshell and everything went downhill from there probably. <laughs> okay, so... Now we've got a couple of ESPs to do, uh, and they're both going to be busts. Yep. Now most of our ESPs have been, we hope this guy's really good, mm -hmm. and now we're going to tell you about a couple who we think are not going to be so good. And you had one from the NFC South, it was, I believe. Yep, I did. All right, go ahead. ESP, early season predictions. My ESP out of the NFC South is Greg Olson. And let me tell you why. Outside of McCaffrey, I don't believe in the Panthers' offense this year. I don't care what people are saying about Cam Newton throwing the ball down quicker and all that stuff. I think Cam will be running the ball a lot because I'm not sure he's going to have open receivers or tight ends. And Olson is getting older, and he has taken a step back last year. I know he was hurt for the majority of the year, which isn't a good sign. So I, mean, I just got a bad feeling. I really got a bad, bad, bad feeling about Greg Olson. If, if, if you look at his games that he actually played last year, he's averaging, he averaged 5.9 points per game. That's not very good. That does he, not give me a nice, warm, fuzzy no, feeling. No, it doesn't give you a good feeling. And he had 38 targets and 17 receptions, which, oh, wow. which was a catch percentage of 44.7%. That is by far his lowest catch percentage of his career. I know it's a small sample size from last year, but that's pretty telling to me. I think Olsen has lost a step, and it's not worth taking him in the fifth or the sixth round you know, or whatever it is people are taking him. He's not the fifth or sixth tight end in the draft this year. I, that's, that's what I really think. I'd rather take a flyer on another tight end, maybe take that combo of Jordan Reed and, and stuff like that. But it's just like I really, really think I'd rather have somebody else than Greg Olson this year. He's somebody. He's got well. He's well known. He's going to be. I just. I, bottom line, this is my ESP. I got a really, really bad feeling about him this year. Well, I would be lying if I didn't say I did consider him as one of my flops <laughs> as well. Yeah. I don't think I'm as I don't have as bad of a feeling as you do. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't want to take him too early. I I think I would uh, I would rather wait and. And take my chance on Jordan Reed for the first time ever. I'm, I'm going to play that right out there right now. I have never owned Jordan Reed, just like I've never owned Kevin White. And here I am. Yes. They've fallen far yes. enough in the drafts. I'm jumping on their bandwagon. I, I love, I'm, I'm smiling again for all of our <laughs> listeners. He said Kevin White again was going to be good. I love it. Love it. 
Okay, uh, so my flop comes from the NFC North. Okay. This guy is being drafted in the middle of the fifth round, and if he puts up the same numbers that he did last year, he probably would be worth it. But he's only done that once in his career last year to put up all these numbers at the same time. 61 catches, 1,101 yards, and 9 touchdowns. That's pretty darn good for a Mm -hmm. fifth-round pick. Although the 61 catches are a little concerning because his previous three years were 55, 65, and 51. So we're not going to get a lot of volume out of this player. And his previous three years receiving were 930, 816, and 712. So he has gone up every year. So maybe that is a trend in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Well, in 2013, he had 10 touchdowns. 2015 and 16, he had four. And last year, he had nine. The player I'm talking about is Marvin Jones Jr. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I have never been a fan of Marvin Jones. Last year, if you had him, you were very happy with him. But I cannot see him putting up the same stats. Those nine touchdowns, I don't think they're going to happen again because nine touchdowns on 61 catches is a pretty good touchdown rate. Mm -hmm. And that usually is not uh, redoable. And that 1,101 yards, again, that's the first time he'd ever had over 1,000 yards in a season. And he's just getting right at that 100 target mark. So I don't see him replicating that season. And here's where it gets a little dicey. If you take out 100 yards mm-hmm. and four of those touchdowns and a couple of catches, you're taking, you know, 30-ish points away from him. Yeah. That would drop him 10 spots. Oh in his wide receiver ranking at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And that is not worth the fifth round pick that you're going to have to spend yep. on Marvin Jones. So while I've given you a lot of statistics in an ESP, <laughs> my feeling is that Golden Tate will be the more focal point of this offense. Yep. And Kenny Galladay will be healthy for most of the year. Yep. So... He'll still get those targets, but I don't think he's going to get those amazing yards and touchdowns again. So be very wary, people, of drafting Marvin Jones as high as he's going right now. If he could get pushed back to the end of the sixth round, I think he might be a little more worth it. But as the eighth pick in the fifth round, I got a bad feeling that he will also be a flop. Yeah. You know, I just before we end the show, I, I want to say something. I, I almost picked Golden Tate as one of my props. I keep saying steals, and I know that's not what we discussed, but he was one, going to be one of my steals, but I decided to go elsewhere. But I really do think that people are not thinking about Golden Tate. Like, he's dropping in, in a lot of drafts, and so he's one of them guys. I'll just throw that out there, and it goes perfectly along with what you're saying so definitely uh, i mean people see those 1100 yards and nine touchdowns which was really good last year for wide receivers because there was only two that had double digit touchdowns in deandre hopkins and Devontae adams yeah Devontae adams didn't even have a thousand yards last year (laughs) so those numbers compared to everybody else last year seemed really really good Mm -hmm. but I don't think they're going to be the same this year. I think they're going to be much lower, and that fifth-round pick, while 
he'll probably still be in your starting lineup. He's not going to be, you're not going to be very happy with what he gives. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yep. So that's going to do it for this episode. And if you didn't notice, we've only gone through the NFC side of our flops and our props. So we will have a second flops and props episode with the (laughs) AFC when next you see us. Which, thank you for listening, and we will see you very, very soon. Tom and I would like to thank you for listening and supporting us. We greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners. You can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on Twitter at FantasyFuel, Facebook.com slash FantasyFuel, and Instagram at FantasyFuelPodcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at FantasyFuelPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.